I'm Anna. And I'm Adwait. And, and this, this is Double, Double Testimony, Season 2. Hello everyone, welcome back to um, Double Testimony here. We've got me and Anna here as usual. We're and we've back. got another, another, another special, very special guest today. He's a bit special. <laughs> today we have So you're my... allowed to say that. <laughs> you and why is to that? Say it. No, I didn't want to say it because I, I don't have any basis to say it, but why can you sure. say that, Anna? Well, today we have my own flesh and blood. It's my dad. Hey. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> so, Love that name. It's one of my favorites. Is it? Yeah. Scott. Scott. Why? I'm quite attached to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Any particular reason? Uh, I've had it all my life. Wow. Yeah. How long has that been, Scott? Uh, 57 years. That's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time to have a name. That is a long time to have a name. I've known people having names for longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're recording this around Christmas, so Scott... Hmm. Oh, Mr. Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> that felt weird. <laughs> What's your favourite Christmas tradition? Well, I have two to choose from, two I'll mention. One is mince pies, which oh. I just love. Fair That's enough. a very Aussie thing. Yeah. The other one, it wasn't so much a tradition, more of a one-off, um, stealing Christmas trees from the side <laughs> of the road. Yeah. That, that's for a separate yeah. podcast there. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. You want to jump into this, Anna? Yeah. Before we start, let's just pray and then we'll jump in. Well, God, thank you so much for this podcast and this ministry and what you're doing through it. And we just thank you that it's all you and that... You just have such a passion for each person listening and we ask that you would just give dad peace and wisdom as he shares his story and what you've been doing in his life. We ask that it would be your words and we ask that you would bless what he has to say. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, how would you like me to present? Scott or Mr. Lovett? Scott is Scott's fine. fine. All right. Well, I feel like I made it in the big leagues. I don't here. think any of my friends have ever called you Mr. Lovett. No. I feel like it's still a pretty cool last name. Not since we moved back to Australia. Yeah, we're all like over 20, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, Scott. Um, let's jump into it. And I guess, how'd you come to God? What's your testimony? Well, I can go way back. Um, grew up in a, a Christian family, which was really good, um, in Epping, New South Wales. And. We had, back when I was about 10 years old, the church used to bring speakers in from overseas to run, they call it a crusade. So the, the speaker would be brought across by one of the, the wealthier members of the church, they would pay for this, and uh, they would hold evangelistic meetings. Wow. Um, so people from, you know, from the church could bring others in, and uh, at one of those, his name was Andrew McRae, was the, the preacher from Scotland. And um, I and my oldest friend, um, we both decided on the same night to make a commitment to Jesus at that, that stage. Wow. And um, we, yeah, it's sort of gone from there. So there have been times where it's, I've sort of kicked along a bit more than others. And um, yeah, I've been, been a follower of Jesus ever since. Yeah. 
So that's quite that was a quite straightforward, pretty straight route. Has it been that way now continuing forward? How's it been like for you now keeping that going, that that commitment that you made yeah. those years ago? Yeah, there have there have been ups and downs. Uh, I probably started taking it properly seriously when I was about 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in year 10 at the time, um, or year 11 actually, and was was baptised then because yeah. um, I realised I needed to start taking it more seriously and um, felt convicted that I should be baptised and make a, a public declaration of my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was about 19, I probably fell, fell off a little bit. Um, had a, a girlfriend who wasn't a Christian and... That affected me quite a bit. So, um, yeah, after that relationship ended, then I started really taking it seriously. And there have been different periods in in my lifetime when things have happened that have caused it to kick along a bit more. So I'm you know, losing members of the family or different opportunities coming along and it just, just gives you a bit of a boost to, to really start taking it seriously. Mm. Yeah, I guess being your child, I've got to hear a bit about like your stories growing up and being a Christian teenager. And I think it's a huge blessing to be in a family with Christian parents. And like not everyone has that, which is that's fine. That's each their own story. But um, what's something you wish you could tell your teenage self in those moments where you, I guess, just struggled in your faith, those moments where you had to make those hard decisions? Yeah. Oh, look, uh, the thing with that that I've learned over the years is is to trust what the Bible says. Um, it really is God's word to us, and it is relevant. Like it you know, was written at least 1,800, 1,900 years ago and longer for different parts of it. But um, what I've learned is even though it's that old, it still speaks. And when you let the Holy Spirit speak to you through the through the word, uh, he will do that and he will guide you and he'll basically bring it to life. So it might be talking about something that was for a person back in New Testament times or even Old Testament times, but the Holy Spirit makes that relevant to you. And um, yeah, when I'm, whenever, whenever I've been challenged, um, I've tried to do things on my own and it doesn't work. And then <laughs> you, you go back to the Bible and God uses that and he just guides you into wherever you need to be. The key is you've got to be open to what it says and to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you at the time, no matter how crazy it might seem. Um, so this question here that I'm going to ask you, I don't know if you've ever been asked this, or you probably may have. I guess, why? Why why have you continued? To- why have I continued? Yeah. That is actually a really good question. Um, it's because I've seen what, God does. Mm. I've experienced it myself. I've seen it in other people. Um, having that relationship with God, it is a life changer. Mm. And it's what we were made for. So when when you're, and this can sound quite trite, but when you're living in the will of God, there's nothing else like it. Um, mm. It's not necessarily that everything's wonderful, but it helps you to be able to to deal with the good things as well as the bad things or what we see as the good things and the bad things. Mm. They all join together and they make you who you are. And it's it's amazing. The harder the times, the more you learn about God mm. uh, if you trust him and if you lean into him. 
it's uh, it's really amazing the, the things that you think will break you they do to a certain extent because they break away everything that you rely on mm-hmm. other than god when you're left with only god to rely on that's when you learn how much he actually works and how much he loves you it's yeah it's it sounds funny but the hard times they're the best times mm. because you learn so much yeah, for sure. Um, I think I've told you this before, but you, your faith and mum's faith are the reason that I became a Christian and wanted to continue that. Like, really, that's up to God and his work in me. But your choice to actively live out your faith was what made it, like, that's what made the decision for me, seeing that it's actually, it's real. It's not just a... I go to church and this is my label and I'm a good person. It was really real because of how you lived it out. And I think one of the things that was, um, I guess, just kind of really got me to that point was seeing you guys choose to follow God no matter what. And that's a big part of your story. Would you feel comfortable sharing a bit about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. It's. Um, I wish I could say that it was always like that and that it is still always like that. Um, it's, it's not, <laughs> you know, things go up and down, but what God's asking you to do changes at different times as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the specific instance that I think you're talking about is when God called us out of Australia, mm-hmm. uh, into England. Um, we had been part of a church in Canberra, uh, for about nearly 15 years. And in that time you and your brother had been born and you'd, started growing up and and being part of that church and things were happening in that church that weren't very positive there was some stuff going on basically the church was falling apart to a large extent and we were both um you know carolyn and i were both at a church meeting where we were asked to to pray while some stuff was i think a vote was being counted we just asked to pray. Uh, it was the last thing in the meeting. And we both had a sense of God saying, it's time to go. Um, we didn't know that we each, that like each of us didn't know that the other was getting that sense. Um, I actually heard a voice, which wow. that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I heard a voice saying, it's time to leave. And it, it it was so audible that it actually made me turn around to see who was behind me. There was no one there behind me. And I heard that and later spoke with Carolyn and she said, yeah, I got that sense as well that it's time to go. So we, we then embarked on, well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's time to leave the church, this particular church? Is it time to leave Canberra? Do, do we need to move to another part of Canberra? What does it mean? And over the, the next few months, uh, it took us about five or six months um, of a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion, a lot of thought, um, and we came to the conclusion, um, actually we were driving down from Queensland, we'd been up up there for a holiday, driving back from there, and we both said, basically at the same time, England, and I can't remember who said it first, but one of us said it and the other said, yeah, that's what God's saying to me as well. And so we then embarked on a journey of, well, what does that mean? Uh, obviously, we know what England means, but what does going there mean? Mm. And um, it was a long journey of another another 12 months or so before we actually got there. 
but it was very clear to us that God was saying, go there. He, and in fact, it was more than that. It was sell your house and go there. Um, and we went in very uncertain circumstances. It was the global financial crisis was just starting. It was 2009. Um, we'd sold our house. We had no job lined up. Uh, we had no house lined up. Um, we didn't know where we were going to go. God led us originally to one part of England and not long before we were due to go there, due to fly out, um, we had some news from there that seemed like the, the school and the church that we were going to be a part of um, had disappeared. They hadn't actually disappeared. They'd moved, but nobody knew where. Mm. And that sent us on another journey where we came across um, a particular school that runs, it was a thing called the Accelerated Christian Education Curriculum, which, Anna, you are very familiar with now. Um, And that led us to uh, a school in Lincolnshire and the church that was associated with that. So we, um, yeah, after selling everything, we applied for our visas and got on a plane in May 2009, landed in England, drove up to Lincolnshire, uh, we had some accommodation lined up in a pub for the family <laughs> for about a week. Having raised at when we were trying to go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Um, really good puddings, though, they had in that restaurant, oh. if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah. um, puddings, swimming in custard, yeah. uh, which is back. beside the point. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we, we stayed there and eventually found a house that, that we could live in and got you guys enrolled in the school. And it was very clear that that was where God wanted us to be. So Carolyn started teaching in the school. Uh, We got involved in the church that was attached from the school, attached to the school. It had grown out of the school, in fact. And um, I got involved in leading in that church as well. And it took us on a whole journey. It was was quite stunning. Um, It was very, very nerve-wracking. But all the time, we, we had little doubts. But every time we talked about it and prayed about it, we just got that real, um, it's an, an amazing kind of feeling, this assurance that this is what God wants you to do. Yeah. And it means all the problems, they don't disappear, but they become mm. insignificant. Mm. And they, they may or may not get overcome, but they get put into a, a perspective where you say, okay, I see it as a problem, but God doesn't. He's called us here. He's going to make it happen. He did make it happen. Um, we had just a bit further on from that, we had no income over there. So we were living off <laughs> what we'd got from selling our house. Mm. And um, I was trying to find work. It was a depressed part of England in the global financial crisis taking off. Everyone was losing their jobs. Mm. And I was applying, I think I applied for about 200 jobs. And it got to a point where um, I made a decision that said, okay, if I haven't got a job within six months of arriving, um, we will have to leave. And what happened was, I don't know if you remember, Anna, but six months from arriving was your birthday that year. And it was quite quite stunning. I finally, I'd applied for all these jobs, but Nothing came of them. And then one day someone rang me, um, a recruitment person that had seen my resume online and said, hey, there's this job in nearby town. Um, 
I think you'd be perfect for it. Do you want to go for an interview? Yes, please. Got up there, did the interview, got the job and started on your birthday. I think it was your 10th birthday. And that was the day before the six months was up. No way. And it was very clear to us that God's saying, you don't have to worry. Yeah. You know, yeah. You've you've got limits, you've got things to worry about and panic about, but I've got it all under control. Yeah. And it was the same when we came back to Australia. He he called us back and took a little while to get work here. And the day I started working my new job, I think I had fifty dollars left in the bank. Wow. That was all we had. And suddenly had income again. And yeah, God just looks after you. That's yeah. Uh, these are a lot of like big steps, like especially yeah. with a family yes. and a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> yep. and, and you really took like um, safety in God's word and God's calling. Yeah. And that would have required a lot of like self-tuning to really hear that voice. And be... So yeah. how did you get to that point? What was sort of like your path to that sort of okay. security? Yeah, my path to that started many, many years before. So um, I mentioned I was at a church at Epping. Um, as I grew up there, we had really good teaching. So the, the, the pastors and all the Sunday school and everything that was involved there that provided teaching, it was really solid teaching. And it was very much um, relying on the authority of God's word, of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I learned early on that that's what the Bible was. It was God speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And we had good people involved in those ministries as well. So particularly in the youth ministry, there was a great youth pastor, great youth leaders, uh, a couple in particular, Mark and Gary, that um, they were instrumental in helping me to understand what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. So it it was very easy in that part of Sydney, being the Bible Belt, to be a Christian. It wasn't so easy to take the next step and become a follower of Jesus because that's really what a Christian mm-hmm. is. You can do all the right things. You can go to church. You can pray. You can sing hymns in or songs in church, do all of that stuff. But taking it seriously and becoming a real follower of Jesus is key. And that's what they taught me how mm-hmm. to do. Um, to, I guess, to, to make a stand for Jesus. So when, um, when society or parts of society that you're involved with are pushing the opposite direction um, to stand no matter what. Um, I haven't always done that. I don't. I still don't manage to do it every single time that I need to, but I've learned that was something I learned from them is to actually stand up. And um, it's, it's very true what Jesus says about um, most people will take the, the wide road that leads away from God. Very few take the narrow gate. That's what one of the things they taught us as well is that narrow gate. It is narrow, mm. but it's important. It's the most important thing you can do is to go through that gate, which we're in, when everyone else is going the opposite direction, to take that stand and be true to what Jesus has called us to be. Yeah, I think that's really good because we often think as Christians it's we're going for this idealistic kind of fantasy world of everything going wonderfully and you follow God and things go great but this is historically proven to be false with if you look how the disciples ended up it didn't seem like their lives were successful and it didn't seem like um it's not really what you're hoping for when you follow Jesus for things to go 
badly and a lot of people were martyred for their faith but it's not about it's not about that it's about living for god which i think you your life has really encompassed but one thing that has struck me about your walk with god and i guess if i wasn't your child i probably wouldn't have this inside view but just how yes you made big steps to move to england and like big choices which people can see that's a big deal wow he listens to god but little choices where they don't see behind the scenes when we were in England, the job you had was hard and you make this massive move to England and you have this random job and we're probably questioning, if I'm not wrong, why are we in England for this? Can you speak into that a little bit? Because I think that's a huge misconception in Christianity that when God calls you to follow him, it's always going to be these big outlandish things, but it's actually something you always tell me all the time, like simply having a normal job can be something God is telling you to do and often is. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not always going to be fun and happy. Mm. Um, there will be difficulties. That's that's the other part of that, I guess. Uh, look, with with that, yeah, God provided this job. It was the only job within that area. If I wanted to get a job anywhere else, I would have to commute away during the week and come home on the weekends, which we we made a decision that wasn't going to happen. Um, and the job, like you said, it, it wasn't so much a hard job. It was the environment that I was working in was absolutely horrible. It was very hostile. Um, they didn't like foreigners. And by then foreigners, um, <laughs> yeah, for them a foreigner was anyone who wasn't from that particular town. <laughs> um, so being a foreigner from another country was something they just, most of them couldn't handle at all. Um, so I had to deal with, with that side of things. Mm. Um, there was I was older than most of the the people working there, so they were they were critical of me because of my age, uh, critical of me because of my accent, critical of me because I knew what I was doing and half the people mm. there didn't. Um, critical because I was doing things in a way that I knew to do them, which was not necessarily the way the boss mm. wanted them done, but he and he couldn't see that there may be more than one way to do uh, to achieve the same thing in IT. Um so there are all sorts of issues there. It was a very immoral place and the attitudes were extremely difficult. Like my boss wanted me to, to lie to suppliers to get a good deal from them. And um, you know, there was a lot of friction because I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lie to them. I'll tell them, I'll tell them the truth. I'm sorry, I, I won't. Um, so yeah, we had all sorts of things like that and that went on for, for six years or for, for five years till a new boss came along and I thought, great, this is going to be a lot better. And then he was five times worse. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, so that, that was interesting and it was a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, I came home stressed most days yeah. um, and I found that really difficult because we, we were both thinking, why is it so hard? God's called us here. This, it shouldn't be this hard. But the thing is I had to have a job for us to be able to live there. Um, that was the only job that I could get in that area and God carried us through it. So mm. we, we surrendered that to him. We said, look, you've provided this job. It's very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't enjoy the majority of my working time over there. Um, but we said, if there's another job, please bring it along. Nothing ever came along, mm-hmm. but we were okay with it. 
and and he brought us through it because I you know I'd had depression for years before we went there and it didn't kick in through all of that so it was a classic circumstance to make it worse and it didn't but we know that that was God carrying us through because he was saying look you've made the sacrifice of going across the world this is a job that's there for you you can do it it'll support you while you're here Um, deal with it and grow from it and and I did I learned a lot I made mistakes I know I said and did things I I regret as part of that Um, but it gave us that opportunity to, for me to minister in the church and for mum to minister in the school mm. and to be able to teach kids the gospel and to help that church to be able to have some other perspectives that they weren't mm. aware of at that stage. And that, that's what we think God brought us there to do is those two things. So I guess um, now sort of kind of fast forwarding mm. to present day, like how do you see... Um, the Lord working in your life today. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, look, um, we had a lot of healing to do after we got back from England. Mm. Um, you know, and it was very clear that calling to come back as well. Um, and at at the moment, I mean, it's been five years. There's still some healing to be done um, emotionally, and still some growth for us from that, from things we learnt there and things that we dealt with over there. Um, but I think at, at the moment, a lot of what God's doing with us is getting us ready for something else. We don't know what that is or when that is, um, but there is something down the line that we know he's going to do, and we're just preparing for that in whatever way we can. Um, we don't, like I said, we don't know what it's going to be, when it's going to be, or where it's going to be, but we do know that we're here to support Anna, while she's studying especially uh, for that long and um, to be here for Anna's brother as well um, mm-hmm. who is living in Queensland but to, to be able to, to provide support to him as well and also support to wider family. So, you know, my mum just died um, a couple of weeks ago so we've been able to be here to, uh, to walk with her those last couple of years mm-hmm. while she was struggling. And also to be here with Carolyn's parents because they're they're getting older as well, and we want to be around to help them as as age affects them too. Mm. So um, I wish I could say exactly uh, like a hard mm. thing, a specific thing that God's doing, but that that's probably the main one. It's just preparing us mm. and providing that healing for us right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I think yeah, again, that's just characteristic of how like your mindset of towards God of just being his vessel and what's the next step. And I'd like to think that's something that you've imparted to me and that I want to follow as well. But in terms of, I guess, this ministry, you help mentor our leadership team, which is really important. Um, so I guess before we finish, what are some things that you would like to say for our generation, like just to speak into, I guess it's a good moment for you just to take it away with anything you'd like to speak into. Sure. Look, I, I think for your generation, there are, there's a lot I would love to say. <laughs> uh, and that, that actually sounds really bad like that. But um, yeah, there's, there's so much. And I don't want to sound like I know all the answers because I don't, but I have had some experience um, in life and with and living in that relationship with Jesus. 
And I, I think the really key things are don't take what the world tells you as being all that important. That's that's an, a number one thing. Uh, and, and these aren't in any priority order. <laughs> but we get told an awful lot of things. Yeah. Um, it, it was different when I was that age, but um, I think it's much more intense and there are so many more messages coming at you all the time as well. Like with social media, you just yeah. have no it's rest from it. Now. Yeah. yeah, and it's you've got to look like this, you've got to live like this, you've got to behave like this, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to not do this, not do that. Their opinions, and I think keep in mind that there are um, there are powers that be that are trying to mould you to live in a certain way that sees God as irrelevant and sees um, other people as irrelevant. And really what that's about is controlling you and getting you to move away from Jesus. And it's really important to say no to that. Um, Get immersed in the Bible. Understand it. Learn about it. um, Because it is relevant and it does... It is a manual for how to live. Um, but the key thing about the Bible is that it shows that God's real yeah. and that he's in control. So all the things that you see, particularly, I mean, Anna, you will know, this is one of the things that I love about the Bible is the prophecy side of it. Yeah. It's not to help us see the future. It's to show that God's in control yeah. because he says this thing's going to happen in this way and then happens in that way and you know He's real. He's outside our domain of time. Yeah. He can see. He knows what's going to happen. And he can tell us about that. And so what that says to me is he's in control. He's the only one who can do that. And once we understand that, then the Bible makes a whole lot more sense because we can see it's, it is him talking to us. And so if we immerse ourselves in that, and again, another trite, expression in in christian terms but to wait on him so what i mean by that is everything that you are concerned about that you um that you want to know about what to do with anything take it to jesus and just say this is my concern what do i do about this make it clear and wait for that answer don't rush it don't presume that you know the right answer um let him guide you. And he'll guide you either through people bringing us a, a message repeatedly, which would, like, we have seen this so many times when um, you go to God with something and then you go to church and the pastor preaches on that and gives yeah. you an answer. Yeah. And then you listen to some other podcast or. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, and <laughs> and it says again. the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could be, and it, it, God works that way. So He reinforces that message, and you know, Paul um, is a classic example of it. He would always make the point three times when you read his yeah. his letters. So He'll cool. say it in three different ways, but it's the same thing. Yes. God does that, and so I know the way we see it is if if you hear it from those trusted sources two or three times, then chances are it's God speaking to you about that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so take that seriously. And and I think the other thing to, to always keep in mind is being a follower of Christ is a life and death thing mm-hmm. and it's an eternal life and death thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a play thing. It's mm-hmm. not a fashion. It's not something to do just because your mates do it. 
Um, it's not something to say that you're a, a follower of Jesus because your parents are or because your friends are or because you go to this particular church. Yeah. You need to actually take it seriously and make it your faith. Yeah. Um, because once you do that, that's when God starts using you and yeah. leading you into things that you never expected. Um, like I, I can say I never expected God would have me preaching. Yeah. He certainly, I never envisaged him ha having me preach in a church in England, um, yeah. but I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't preach now, but I did for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, in fact, I know for a fact, you never envisaged that you would have a podcast, but yeah. you've got that. That's and true. God does things that you don't expect. And Surprise. the key is to make yourself <laughs> available. Yes. Yeah. To say to him, okay, I'm yours. You do with me what you, you want to do. And you can trust him in that because he made you. Yeah. And he's only going to lead you to do the things that he made for you to do. Yeah. One calling at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And so one, one other thing I would add to yeah. that, now that you've said that, is when he calls you to something, stick with it until he tells you to stop. It's like we've, how many times we've had this conversation, Anna? Or, yeah. Um, Oh, I think God's called me to this, but I'm not sure. Maybe he wants me to stop and say, well, what was the last thing he said to you yeah. about it? And that, that was advice I got from numerous sources over the years. Hmm. When he tells you to do something, don't change it until he tells you to change it. Yes, even if other people tell you to change yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, because other people don't know. Yeah. Other pe don't. yeah, other people may have the best intentions, hmm. but they're looking at it from their perspective. And you need to always get God's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. And one of the things I value most about you is that it's really what God has done in you. So it's something I value about God in you is that he really has, I guess, put on God vision glasses or guess I guess cleared worldly views off your spiritual glasses or whatever, which he does for every Christian. But you really do have a mindset of, what is God saying? And it's the world is kind of irrelevant unless you're speaking into it. And it really is just a, like all about God. We were created by God and we exist for God. And that's just a mindset that you continue through your story today. So thank you for coming on today and sharing yeah, that. Thanks. And yeah, I feel like I've gained a lot of wisdom from that. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been enjoyable. It's been nice just having this time with the two of you. And, yeah. <laughs> Squished on the couch yeah. in a little circle. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a tripod here. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Scott, um, for coming on and sharing. And thank you to the listeners for listening mm -hmm. in. Um, we appreciate you here and um, we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, see you next time, guys. All right. Bye, guys. See you. Bye. Miss us already? Don't worry. We've got you covered. You guys can check out our Instagram page at planted.ministries to see all our latest posts and our IGTV series, The Conversation. While you're there, you can check out the links to our YouTube channel and our blog page in the bio. And before you know it, it'll be this time next week. But until then, stay planted. Stay planted.